you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hi, this is your host, Susan Rosen. Today, I thought that I would talk about an article that I found that was in Science Daily. It was um, published in July of 2019, and it was talking about a report, research report, that came out of the University of Southern California, better known as USC, and technically the USC Viterbi School of Engineering, which is kind of interesting. It's not out of the medical school or anything. So anyways, why I thought it would be interesting to everyone and why it was interesting to me is because they found a new cause of cell aging. And they said that those findings were going to have huge implications for cancer and age-related health conditions. So the new research had to do with cell senescence or cellular senescence. And cellular senescence is a phenomenon where normal cells stop dividing. And it turns out, which I had no idea, back in the early 1960s, um, there were two scientists who found, Hayflick and Moorhead, who found that normal human fetal fibroblasts, which are cells, in culture reach a maximum of approximately 50 fibro cell population doublings before becoming senescence. So this in particular was called replicative senescence or the Hayflick limit. But the whole idea is that before that, everyone had thought that cells just kept on going. They just kept on um, replicating and replicating and replicating until something happened to them. And now the understanding actually is that they hit a maximum. And at that point, they have senescence where they, they stop dividing and then they, they essentially die. And then I thought it was interesting that Hayflick found that the only immortal cultured cells are cancer cells, and they don't die after dividing at, for a certain number of times. So that could be why cancer proliferates so quickly in the system. But anyways, let's go back to this, this Science Daily um, report of the new research from USC. So they were, <clears throat> excuse me, they 
they being assistant professor of chemical engineering and material science, Nick Graham, and his team. And they were also working together with Scott Frazier, who is a provost professor of biological sciences and biomedical engineering, as well as Pin Wong, Zorab A. Caprielian fellow in engineering. And they actually published their, their research in the Journal of Biological Chemistry, and Science Daily wrote this article about their research. So Graham, who I mentioned first, the assistant professor, Nick Graham, is quoted in here as saying, to drink from the fountain of youth, you have to figure out where the fountain of youth is and understand what the fountain of youth is doing. We're doing the opposite. We're trying to study the reason cells age so that we might be able to design treatments for better aging, which makes sense to me. And that really is when something is quite revolutionary is when somebody takes a different look at something. They went ahead and in order to to achieve this, to see what was happening, um, the lead author actually is someone by the name of Alareza Delfara, who's a graduate student in Graham's lab. And of course, Graham gets a lot of the, uh, the credit, right? Focused, so they, they focus, or she focused, I don't know if it's a she or he, that's a good question, focused on senescence, which is a natural process in which cells permanently stop creating new cells. And they were saying that this process is one of the key causes of age-related de- decline, manifesting in diseases such as arthritis, osteoporosis, and heart disease. So they were saying, um, and Delfaro was saying in particular, that senescent cells are effectively the opposite of stem cells, which have an unlimited potential for self-renewal or division. Senescent cells can never divide again. It's an irreversible state of cell cycle arrest. And why that's important, in case you didn't already figure that out, is that... The senescent cells, when they stop um, dividing, what they're doing, what's happened is that they've stopped making a class of chemicals that are called nucleotides. And nucleotides are the building blocks of DNA. So when you look at young cells, for instance, and you force them to stop producing nucleotides, they automatically become senescent or aged, which is very interesting. So you could get little little kids um, with aged cells. So Delfara is quoted as saying, this means that the production of nucleotides is essential to keep cells young. It also means that if we could prevent cells from losing nucleotide synthesis, the cells might age more slowly. Well, and and I'm sure that that would be um, something we would all like. So Graham's team 
looked at a lot of different young cells and they were feeding them molecules labeled with different stable isotopes of carbon. And what they were trying to do was to trace how the nutrients consumed by the cell were processed into different pathways. And they had before this, this study, the senescence had primarily been studied in cells known as fibroblasts. And, and you heard me um, mention that earlier. They are the common cells that make up the connective tissue in animals, which of course would include us. But they decided to instead focus on how senescence happens in epithelial cells. And those are the ones that line the surface of, the, of our organs and structures in our body and the types of cells in which most cancers arise. So they were looking for why these cells were going into senescence. And interestingly, they were saying that also in this, in this article that senescence usually is known as the body's protective barrier against cancer. So when cells sustain damage that could be at risk for becoming cancerous, they enter into this senescent state and stop proliferating so that the cancer doesn't develop and spread. So in essence, what they're saying is that the way our bodies work currently is that when they start getting some, um, having a risk, some, they, nah, can't talk, they start to get damaged and they can be at risk of developing into cancer, then they automatically, it's just kind of like cell suicide. They become senescent so that the cancer doesn't develop and it doesn't spread, which is so, so interesting. It's amazing what our bodies and biology will do. Um, so Graham was again quoted as saying, sometimes people talk about senescence as a double-edged sword, that it protects against cancer and that's a good thing, but then it also promotes aging and diseases like diabetes, cardiac dysfunction, or arterial sclerosis, and general tissue dysfunction. Turns out their goal wasn't to completely stop senescence. Um, by doing that, as I think you probably would have figured out already, by doing that, that could just open up the whole body to cancer cells invading everywhere and proliferating. So they don't want to do that. But they want to find a way to remove senescent cells to promote healthy aging and better function. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to find a way to get rid of the senescent cells after they have already morphed into senescent cells 
and therefore stopping the cancer growth. But they don't see any reason why they have to keep hanging around and making us all age and perhaps prematurely. So they are, Graham talks about how um, they are researching different applications in the field of senolytics, which is the development of drugs that may be able to eliminate aging cells. And so they want to use that to try and um, eliminate the senescent cells. So they are currently doing some, um, they've done trials with mice and they have found that the mice have a more productive, longer lifespan. So they are now starting human clinical trials, which are still in the very early stages, to see whether they can replicate what they found in the mouse studies. So in the mouse studies, they took a mouse that was aging and diminishing in function, quote unquote. They treat it with these senolytic drugs to eliminate the senescent cells and the mouse is rejuvenated. If anything, it's these senolytic drugs that are the fountain of youth, is what Graham was quoted as saying. Interestingly, he added that in order for them to make successful senolytic drugs, it's going to be important to be able to identify what's unique about senescent cells so that the drugs don't affect the normal non-senescent cells, in which case um, you are getting rid of all of the cells and they don't want to do that. So they said that, quote, that's where we're coming in, studying senescent cell metabolism and trying to figure out how the senescent cells are unique so that you could design targeted therapeutics around these metabolic pathways. So it sounds very cutting edge, and I think it, it is. Um, and I think that for those of us who are starting to age, that this is the kind of thing that they might be able to really develop and put into practice. I'm not sure if it'll happen during the time where we can get something from it, but it sure would be interesting to find out if they do um, and how we can be a part of that. So a little, a little report back from the edges of um, research and um, biochemistry and biomedical engineering. So just thought people might be interested. Okay, so I'm going to remind you all that I am not a doctor. Whatever I talk about on this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. And as you can tell, I am also not a researcher. And so therefore, what I say is just what I've read in this, in this particular case. Um, if you're interested in leaving me a comment 
I would appreciate that. I do my podcasts and hope that people out there enjoy them. And I see where people are listening to them um, in various places, Facebook and and um, YouTube and and some of the other um, Spotify and and Stitcher. Um, but nobody ever seems to leave a comment. I don't know what the issue is. But if somebody knows, I'd appreciate it if you'd tell me. Okay, that's it. Um, please feel free to go to my website, healthytipsafter50.com, and join my email list. I let everybody know every time I publish a new podcast and send out some other emails in between as well. Sometimes about um, articles I've seen or about things that I'm I'm doing. A lot of times it's on, uh, lately it's been on different um, webcasts and series that people seem to be spending a lot of time producing. And a lot of them are very interesting with, with some very competent and interesting people on them. So that's it for me this week. And so I will say goodbye and look forward to talking to you all next time. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit healthytipsafter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.